Welcome along to the Southampton audio programme for today's fixture against Tottenham Hotspur. In today's issue, we have a word from your manager, an update on the Southampton women's team, and of course, a word from Franny Bernali. Dear supporters, welcome back to St Mary's for this Premier League match against Tottenham Hotspur. I would like to welcome Antonio Conte, his staff and players to our home. It is great to see Antonio healthy and back with the team. He is a world-class manager and it is a pleasure to share the touchline with him this afternoon. Our focus today is to finish with three points before the international break. It has not been an easy week with three games in six days, but we can still make it into a positive one by performing to our best level. We showed how well we can compete against the top side last week at Old Trafford, where we defended really well as a team and created many chances. Maybe it was a game we deserved to win. That put us in a good frame of mind going into Wednesday's match against Brentford. Unfortunately, we did not manage the key moments well enough to get the result we wanted. Football at the highest level comes down to small margins. You have to stay concentrated for 90 minutes to make sure you are ready when those key moments arrive. Every point is very important for us now. We must stand together, be tough, be committed and show our character to pull ourselves through this difficult period. With two weeks before our next game, we need one last big push today to set us up for the rest of the season. For that to happen, we need you, our fans, to help us through this tough challenge. From the first minute to the last, whether the team is attacking or defending, we need you behind us, because that positive energy from the stands can do so much to help the players on the pitch. We march on. Now time for your Southampton women's update. The points were shared in the Barclays Women's Championship following Southampton FC women's goalless but entertaining draw with Blackburn Rovers. There were plenty of chances for... Both teams at both ends throughout the hard-fought fixture, but neither side could convert in front of goal to claim all three points at this crucial stage of the championship season. Saints enjoyed relative control in the opening moments, registering early efforts on goal from both Beth Lumsden and Megan Vine, although neither caused visiting keeper Alex Brooks genuine concern. However, the finest chance of the opening 10 minutes were for the way of Blackburn Rovers, who, following some neat play midfield, set Farrah Crompton through on goal with a wonderful pass. The winger surely would have tucked it away too, if it weren't for some very brave goalkeeping from Kayla Rendell, who rushed out to smother the danger at her feet. Beginning to find their rhythm, Saints produced more fine play in the 19th minute, Wynn and Lucia Kendall combining to set up Alice Griffiths with a shooting opportunity from just outside the area, but the Welshwoman couldn't keep her strike down. Headed into the tunnel for half-time, Saints' performance arguably deserved the lead. However, as in November's reverse fixture, chance-taking had eluded them and needed to be battered in the second period if all three points were to stay in SO 1-4. Despite a positive start after the interval, Saints found themselves staring down the barrel in the 53rd minute when Saffron Jordan was set clean through on goal. Fortunately, the striker couldn't find the corner beyond the outstretched body of Rendell, who was yet again equal to the occasion and blocked confidently against the odds. Saints stuck to their game plan and gradually ramped up their offensive. In the 64th minute, Lumsden looked to be through, having collected a well-weighted pass from Chloe Peplow, but referee Laura Vallier decided against the advantage and brought play back for an earlier foul on Morris, frustratingly robbing the hosts of a presentable opening. That wouldn't deter the striker though, and in the 72nd minute, she raced through once more alongside substitute Katie Wilkinson, firing a low right-footed effort across goal, which forced Brooks into action. Saints would continue to press right through to the final seconds, but just couldn't find a way through to goal, frustratingly depriving them of maximum points despite a hearty performance. 
There are three loves in Carl Walker-Peters' football life. There is his boyhood team, Tottenham, who nurtured him, and his current club, Southampton, who showcased him to his third love, England. Here, he chats on the eve of the first anniversary of a lifelong dream. His two clubs did so much to turn into reality. For Carl Walker-Peters, today's fixture is just not any other game. Southampton against Tottenham Hotspur, the club that showcased his talent against the club that nurtured it. Turning 26 next month, Walker-Peters has only ever played for three teams, and he's learned to love them all, Spurs, Saints and England. It's a trio inextricably linked across his career. Born in Edmonton, just a couple of miles away from White Hart Lane, the defender's boyhood dream came true when he signed for Tottenham at the age of 16, the beginning of the football education that has served him so well in the ensuing decade. Growing up in the academy, it's all about total football and being confident in the ball, expressing yourself. He explains, I feel like, despite being a fullback, I'm someone that expresses myself with dribbling, ball manipulation and all sorts, as well as defending, so quite unique, but that's what they try to breed. Just the mention of Tottenham Hotspur brings a big grin to the fullback's face. He does not hide the fact that the club means a lot to him, but why should he? It's a lifelong passion. Nor does Walker Peters harbour any ill feelings towards the way it ended, having featured only five times in his final season. Surely not enough of an opportunity for a player of his talent that the club invested so long in developing. The turning point in his mind was the departure of former Saints boss Maurizio Pochettino and the arrival of his replacement in the technical area, Jose Mourinho. Pochettino, the manager at the time, had his plan for me and ultimately I think his plan was a success, Walker Peter reflects. He always said that one day I would play for Tottenham regularly and he often gave me the opportunity to play. With Mourinho coming in, I knew that what he wanted. We had various conversations, which was the great thing about Mourinho. He was extremely honest. He never forced me out of the club. He never said, I don't want you. He just gave me a decision. He explained to me what my role would be. And I felt like at 22, I needed to be playing regularly. So I made the decision to come here and I'm glad I made it. Walker Peters clearly has no regrets, even with the benefits of hindsight, despite his former club struggling to find a settled solution in either fullback position in recent years. In the three seasons since his departure, Spurs have signed Matt Doherty, Emerson Royale, Judd Spence and Pedro Porro with the intention of filling the right-back void, while Sergio Regillon and even Pelisic both arrived with bigger reputations to play on the left, only to find themselves in and out of the team. When the time came to join Saints, initially on loan in January 2020, Walker Peters had made his mind up. I look back on it fondly. Without Tottenham, I wouldn't be where I am today, he states but admits the decision was a tough one given his emotional ties to the North London club. It was really difficult. Tottenham was my home. I was comfortable there, but I thought to myself, sometimes you just need to come out of your comfort zone. If I really want to show everyone how good I am, I need to be playing regularly. If I want to play for England, I need to be playing regularly. It was either be comfortable or show the world how good I am. That's what I wanted to do. Leaving the capital for the first time was a big change in his life, but Walker Peters was soon back home before he could even get used to his new surroundings. Within a month of making his Saints debut, Covid made its way to the Britain and the Premier League was put on hold. Never has Walker Peters spent more time in his back garden. I went back to London and I was training by myself, he recalls the spring of 2020. I was determined when football restarted to be the fittest Southampton player, to be the strongest, to be the best. I was alone, so I had to show everyone I was good enough to be bought. And I think I did that. I came back flying. He was not alone. Saints lost one of their nine remaining matches during Project Restarts and their right-back excelled. 
The club's decision to buy him at the end of the season was a no-brainer. From then on, he has not looked back. Walker Peters rates last season the best of his career, capped with a cap, achieving his dream to play for England at senior level, and being a stalwart at every age group and a member of the triumphant Under-20 World Cup squad in 2017, alongside current club teammates Adam Armstrong and Ainsley Maitland-Niles. It says a lot about his burning ambition to represent the country that he had already identified it as one of the reasons for leaving Spurs earlier in the interview, unprompted, so his eyes light up at the recollection of his debut a year ago next week when he walked out as an England starter against Switzerland. I don't want to say all the cliché things, but you can't even. He pauses to stare into the distance. The goosebumps walking out to a full Wembley, it was just so surreal. It's what you're, you know, you dream as a kid, so yeah dream come true. With international recognition comes a certain status and elevated respect from teammates and opponents alike. When last summer came and many of the Saints experienced heads moved on, Walker Peters sent he needed to do more to influence the incoming flurry of youth. I'd say this is the first time, he replies when asked if he'd ever felt like a senior player before. Even playing with more senior players than me, I've always wanted to be one that leads by example in terms of with the ball. I'm not a big shouter if I do talk to people, I pull them to one side and it's a quiet chat. But in terms of leading with the ball, dribbling with it and having that arrogance on the ball, that's something I've always had. But this is a season, I think, even more so because it's been so tough for the team that I've almost put that on my shoulders. Being one of the senior players in the team, I have to be one that stands out and really performs when things are not going well. Without being too cocky, I think I've done that. I think I've been really someone that the younger players look to when it's tough. It's a hallmark of his talent that Walker Peters transitioned so seamlessly from one flank to the other, often switching from game to game, even within games. As well as Pochettino, who gave the flexible fullback one of those 24 Spurs appearances, Walker Peters credits Tottenham's former head of academy, John McDermott, now technical director at the FA, for his adaptability. Since I was 16, he smiles, by flanks. John McDermott made it imperative for me to learn that. Honestly, playing both sides makes no difference to me. Probably sounds weird for me to say if I have other fullbacks here, but because I've done it for so long, I just don't see the difference at all. Last week at Old Trafford, the defender excelled on the right against one of 2023's most informed forwards in Europe, the red-hot Marcus Rashford, and even came close to scoring the winner himself with a rasping drive that smacked against the post with his left foot. It was a performance he rates his best of the season so far and perfectly showcased his unique two-footness. I worked on my shooting a lot, both feet, because I play left-back and right-back. I'm always working with both feet, whether it's crossing, passing, just anything. Both feet, he says. I think I've got to a level where I'm really confident. Both feet, it's something I've worked on, as you can see, how clean I struck the ball. I think there's plenty of games when I look back and think I've had a really good game, but... To play against the likes of Rashford, who at the moment is flying, and to really match him, I think that shows how far I've come in my development. Again, that's sort of the leadership I want to show. It doesn't matter when you're, or who you're coming up against. Win your duels. I think by winning my duels, it really gave me confidence to a lot of players in the team. Hold on, we can match Manchester United, Old Trafford, because it spreads. Exactly. In the end, Saints took home a point that might have been the three. But the midweek setback against Bradford, in which Walker Peters hobbled off injured, was painfully symbolic of a campaign in Abel's, the toughest of my career, and a real learning curve. 
For all, he was taught at Tottenham how to win so far or scraps was not on the curriculum. With an international break on the horizon, Saints know how well, he must beat Spurs to avoid propping up the Premier League table in Spurs. That's my main focus. It means everything to me, what Peter says. His mood taking a stern turn when probed on his desire to keep Saints in the top flight. Coming to Southampton, Southampton put me on that Premier League platform to play regularly. They really believed in me and I think everyone would like to say it's been a great success. I've had such a great time at the club so far and because of my performances, I've ended up playing for England. All the stuff that I thought to myself before leaving Tottenham has become a reality. So I'm forever grateful to Southampton for believing in me and bringing me here. Because I feel like Southampton have given me everything to really, really showcase myself. I don't want to ever let anyone down. You look at the difference between the position we're in and 12th place, it's five points, it's two games. I think that's definitely there for the taking, so we just have to stay focused, take it game by game and have that belief that we'll do it. I grew up being a Tottenham fan, then joined Tottenham, played for Tottenham, so they had a huge place in my heart, but I want to beat them, so that's what I'll be trying to do. Now time for your tactical watch, once again written by Sam Ty. What mood are Tottenham Hotspur in for this visit to St Mary Stadium? It's been a week of calm for Tottenham, a relative novelty for the club in 2023. Between mixed Premier League results, injuries to key players, Champions League nights and Antonio Conte's recovery from gallbladder surgery, normal weeks have been sparing at Spurs of late. They come into this game off the back of a week's preparation and rest, having just beaten Nottingham Forest quite convincingly, but they'll be eager to push on and they'll secure another vital three points in the race for the top four. In order to do so, they'll need to snap a four-game away losing streak, having last won outside of London in January. What went right for Spurs last week? They started fast, really fast. Richarlison took Dejan Kulazewski's spot in the eleven and played like a man with a point to prove, scoring inside the first five minutes. But VAR ruled it out, winning a penalty later on and generally providing a boost to the attack that had been lacking. For Conte, it would have been a welcome sight given his team had been notoriously slow starters in games this term. Richarlison's combination play with right-wing back Pedro Porro looked good, the former drifting inside and ran off the shoulder of the defence, while the latter held the whip and provided crosses. It's a very new pairing, but it looked good here. What else must Saints be wary of, and where can they find joy? Richarlison's burst of energy aside, the attack still pivots around Harry Kane. He dominates the central column of the pitch and Spurs give him the ball to feet, allowing him to hold, turn and pass. This is when Richarlison and Son Heung-min runs in behind become a serious concern. Any team who hopes to bottle up Spurs must hold Kane at arm's length, either by starving him of the ball or by jostling and disrupting him, preventing him from turning and getting his head up. The former is much easier than the latter, it seems. Any midfield involving Pierre-Emile Hoiberg can quickly become a battleground, something James Ward-Prowse and co. should know well, and Saints must put the man advantage, three versus two, in the middle to good use. That, plus some well-timed passing, can lead to turnovers in good areas. In attack, Saints must be bold and willing to test Spurs' defensive line. Christian Romero's hyper-aggressive style can be effective, but it can also open up big spaces to use and walks the disciplinary tightrope. Eric Dyer has licence to move into midfield too, and that can open up more gaps. Today provides my first opportunity to reflect on our point at Manchester United. It was a tremendous performance and very impressive, and it says a lot that there was perhaps a little disappointment about not getting the win on the day. With the way the game panned out, given the sending off, and the way that we came so close to scoring on a number of occasions, 
Taking the three points back to the South Coast would not have been undeserved. A point against a side like United is always a positive and they have been operating well near the top of the Premier League. The result set us up really well for two consecutive home games against Brentford and then Spurs today. What was notable from last weekend was the way that we took the game to United straight from the first whistle. We're seeing that work that Ruben Sellers and his staff are putting in on the training ground and there has certainly been a lifting of standards recently. Perhaps the best improvement has been our ability to keep clean sheets because you always are in the game when you are keeping the opposition out. A strong defence provides a strong foundation to build from and Saints have made things difficult for teams they have faced recently. We have positivity and momentum gathering based on the performances we have seen. We've just got to keep backing that up and keep things moving forward from earning more points because there is still a lot more work to do. We know that it will be a tough game against Spurs today because they are deservedly in the top four. But it is a fixture that Saints can go in with confidence. They've shown a bit of inconsistency and you sometimes wonder which Spurs team is going to turn up. However, you can't doubt or take away from the quality that they have in their side. It's saddening to see reports of racial abuse aimed at Carl Walker-Peters on social media following the United game. I fully support the statement that was released by Saints on the matter and offer my support to Carl himself. There is no place for any discrimination in football and social media companies really must do more to hold individuals to account. We must all try to help eradicate abuse because it's dreadful to see. There is clearly much more work to be done. I'd like to end today's notes by looking ahead to our Benali on tour, South Downs Challenge next weekend. It should be a great and rewarding day for everyone involved. My wife Karen and I are looking forward to the trek and to meeting everyone who has signed up. We're just hoping that the weather holds up and enables us to fully take in the beauty of the South Downs way. Franny.